I'm starting to think that all the technology out there is basically one big trick. Now that you know, Satan has all these many ways to get our attention, distract us from what we need to do, but it's all under the banner of efficiency, being proactive, being scheduled and planned. Zero out your inbox. Does anyone ever really zero out their inbox? Really? And who really cares? Just turn it off. Check an email 25 minutes a day, once a day. Best thing I ever did in my life. Okay, that's such an exaggeration. But right now, it feels like the most responsible decision I've made in my grown life. But that's just what we see, right? That's just what we experience. The tactile, the tactileness of the world, the sensory data of everything around us, what we choose to carry in our pocket. That's reminding us of everything from how many steps we have taken, which is zero, and how many times you've called your mother, how many times you've texted your kids. All these things that reminds us and like shames us. We have like these little automatic digital shame boxes in our pockets that we spend money on and choose to put there. Do you ever get the feeling, I mean, I do, that I just, I make everything worse. I wouldn't want to work for me, and I definitely wouldn't want to be my friend. I can't imagine being married to me or being my child. So between the times where I'm not self-diagnosing myself and listening to the diagnosing thoughts I mean, the words of other people, sometimes I carve away a little bit of peace. Usually it's on the bike or walking the dog or just sitting still and doing nothing. But how often do you think about what you contribute? What are you capable of? I mean, as children of God, are we capable of more? Half the time I talk to Christians, they don't look any different or act any different than their unbelieving counterparts. Sunday I was in church and I saw this guy I hadn't seen in years. I mean, so many years that we almost didn't recognize each other. And we had that moment, you know that moment where you, you see each other, you shake hands, and you don't really know what to say. Because our relationship was completely business. There was no, you didn't know anything about my family and I didn't know anything about his family. And inside, I literally just wanted to shake his hand and look at him and say, praise be to God. And, and, and somehow I thought he would say, you know, praise be to God, you know, as well. Or yes, yes, praise be to God. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why I was thinking of doing that. But of course I didn't do it. I was so embarrassed. I literally want to say, <laughs> praise be to God. And I was thinking he would come back with, you know, yes, blessings of God upon you. Or, you know, like, I don't know what I was thinking. The moment didn't even happen. I probably won't see him for another decade. And now I think, well, I should reach out to him. I should keep, I should, I should nurture that relationship. I should pursue him. Man, not going to happen. Too busy counting steps on this stupid phone.
Maybe if I was free of all this, maybe that would change things. I mean, people talk about happiness, they talk about freedom all the time. Oh, look, I've literally just taken no more steps and my phone just alerted me. Let me turn that off. It's wanting me to stand up. I know what I'm supposed to do. Paul in the Bible talks about we know what we're supposed to do. I don't, I just don't do them. And it's not out of laziness. It's really not. I want to. But a lot of times it is out of fatigue. And I think sometimes when I'm talking to people and they say, listen, I want freedom. I want to experience freedom in my life. I want to experience freedom like you have, Michael. I mean, do you know how many times I hear this? Like, Michael, I want freedom like you have. Listen, I think this is important. At least it's important to me. I don't know if it's important to you. But don't confuse freedom with relief. Freedom doesn't make this world better. Freedom doesn't make you experience the world differently. The world is turned against you. It's fallen. It's not just the, that there's the thorns on rose bushes and childbirth being painful and our bodies deteriorating the way they do. That's not the only part of the fall from the Garden of Eden. It, I mean, it also it affects our mental health. I mean, do you think about mental health through the lens of the fall in the Garden of Eden that is still impacting us today? Do you think about how time and space and the way that we see relationships and, and we experience time and space, the, the way we experience sensory information, all of that is impacted by the fall. Do you get that? I mean, are you so busy thinking freedom's going to save you that you don't realize what's actually out there trying to pull you down? Freedom's not relief. Not in the way that we talk about it, at least. Now, maybe freedom, if you change your definition, maybe if you change your definition, maybe if I change my definition, I say, God, take everything that's going on and give me just what's most important for me to do. Bring me back to scripture. Bring me back to your word. First thing that pops into my head is Psalm 29. The Lord's voice. This is me saying the verse. How I remember it. This isn't a new translation or you know verbatim. I'm not going to read it, and it's from memory, so it's probably pretty. Pretty awful. I apologize. But here's what I remember. In those moments, I think of verses that encourage me. Psalm 29 is one of them. And I, I just see that God's voice commands the earth. God's voice is so powerful that it commands the earth. It gives strength to people, and the Lord sits in his throne forever. He can't be shaken. Now, if he is strong enough to do that with his voice, then how strong is he to be able to do that in my life? 
Can I just give this all to him and say, okay, God, what are the top three things you need from me today? Well, I know off the bat it's going to be, you know, be nicer to people or love them better. Show kindness. But most of all, honor God. Honor him in what I do. All right. Well, so far, I haven't done any of that. But, hey, it's like planting a tree. You should have planted it 20 years ago, but today is the second best time to plant a tree. So, why don't I start now? Remember, freedom is not relief. In Romans, it talks about being a slave to righteousness. I think that's always a tricky verse, but it's really actually pretty pretty clear, pretty black and white. I think that freedom is a place where we can get distracted from why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. So to long for freedom to be this, the, the remedy, the, the saving component to make our life better is a lie. It's not going to work that way. It hasn't worked for me. I've worked really hard over the years to create companies that I get to do whatever I want to do. I only work on projects I want to work on and work with people I want to work with. I have. And, and I still get to do that. But that freedom doesn't drive the knowing that God and his voice is in control. I have to submit my will back to God. I got to say, God, what do you want me to do? Let me do what you have for me to do. Everything I've built, everything I've done, everything I'm going to do, everything I'm going to build, everything that my legacy will create means zip unless it's honoring God. I've only had one cup of coffee, so I don't even, and I'm fighting this cold, so I'm not even sure this is making sense. But I hope it is. Because here's... here's Here's the takeaway for me this morning is, what can I do? I can definitely make it worse. Why am I so fixated on freedom? Because I think it's going to give me relief from the stress of this world, which it will absolutely not do. I have to submit everything I want, everything I long for. I have to submit it all through the lens and under the authority of God. He is my master. I honor him. And that's why on a morning where I don't want to love anybody I look at, I'm going to choose to shut my mouth and make a radical pivot and try to love on some people. And right now, even as I say it, I'm getting pissed off because there's no way I want to do that. But I have to believe that God wants me to do that. Even in my current agitated state this morning, his plan for me does not change based on how I feel. Think of it this way. So how, Michael, how do I know? So how do I know if I'm doing this? You know how I know? <laughs> this is how I know when I'm trying to fight 
to be master of my own life is I'm having mornings like this. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. And I'm panicking that I won't get everything done. Versus, what's it like when I know God is at the helm and is master of my life? He doesn't overwork me. He doesn't stress me out. He doesn't get me to this agitated place. I do this on my own. If the world is your master, you will be overwhelmed. If God is your master, he doesn't want his children to be overwhelmed. He doesn't want them to be distracted and living in a panic state. He simply wants time with you. He doesn't care what you've done. He loves you already more than you know.